Welcome to the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. The day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. For uh, most of my lifetime, there's been talk about the day of the Lord. You see, the day of the Lord simply is the day where Christ takes over the nations as his possession to rule and reign for a thousand years. The thousand year reign of Christ is the day of the Lord and that day is just almost upon us. And in the day of the Lord, the unjust God has a way to reserve the unjust unto the day of the Lord, and it will be a day of judgment. And the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. For since the 70s, all through the different places where I've been, the churches, the assemblies, meetings, conferences, there's always been talk of the day of the Lord. But no one really, really for the most part, the day of the Lord is distant. Decades, years, centuries out in the future. But no, the day of the Lord is no longer decades away. There will come a time where the world, the, the, the nations will hit a point where distress hits all the nations at the same time. It won't be uh, distress in Europe or distress in Asia, distress in South America. No, it will be international stress. It's an indicator that the day of the Lord is near. Paul talks about the day of the Lord in 1 Corinthians. And he says that uh, because the day of the Lord, it is the day where Christ will bring his children before him at the judgment seat of Christ in the clouds. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's at his coming. Paul was speaking this 2,000 years ago. But the day of the Lord was in the future two days, 2,000 years 
God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 4, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. And this was an account of someone who had been involved in fornication. But that he, his spirit, would be preserved blameless in the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And the thief in the night has been, I will say, I put it this way, slowly appearing in a hidden way internationally and especially in the churches in America. And I will use the term signs. Christ said that there would be signs before he comes. There would be distress, distress in the nations. There would be wars. We've always had wars. But now there is talk internationally, not just in America, but internationally there's, there is uh, talk of Armageddon. There is more talk about Armageddon now, presently, than I in my lifetime have ever heard. Even the uh, mainstream media, who they don't like to discuss any type of uh, anything that pertains to the Bible, now they also, watching China, what's happening with Russia, America's involvement, the conflict between America, Russia, China, and America. Uh, right now, because of all of this, there is talk of Armageddon. So, the day of the Lord. Now, I'm going to read a parable out of Matthew. I'm going to begin with this. You see, at the end of the world, the time in which we live, God is going to and has been and is going to His kingdom is the power of His kingdom is going to be evident. I am just looking for the verse here. I'm going to read the parable out of Matthew and out of Luke. Probably just one out of uh, Matthew. There was a, a change in the kingdom. There was a change. There's going to be another change of kingdoms. We're going to see it. If you live another eight, ten years, you're going to see, you'll be here to witness the change that Christ said would come. Matthew 21, verse 33. 
Listen to another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a hedge around it, dug a wine vat in it, dug a wine vat in it and built a watchtower. Then he let it out for rent to tenants and went into another country. Christ left 2,000 years ago. Now he was speaking to the Jewish people about himself, that he had come. He had given uh, a vineyard to someone, and he's going to leave. When the fruit of the season drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his share of the fruit. But the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first time, and they treated him the same way. Finally he sent his own son to them, saying, They will respect and give heed to my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, come on, let us kill him and have his inheritance. In this parable, Christ was presenting himself to these tenants, and he was telling the disciples and the crowds what the tenants were going to do to this heir. He was prophesying, giving them the prophecy and the insight into himself and his kingdom. And they took him, they threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. It was his vineyard. The, the, the uh, parable is talking about these tenants who are overseeing God's children, the children of Israel. They threw him out of the, the society. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes back, what will he do to those tenants? And they replied, they said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and rent the vineyard to other tenants of such a character that they will give him the fruits promptly in their season. So they were saying that they're going to, re he will remove the present tenants and give the vineyard to someone else. And Christ did that, and the vineyard is in the hands of the body of Christ presently. Jesus asked them, Have you read, have you never read in the scriptures, the very stone which the builders rejected and threw away has become the cornerstone? This is the Lord's doing, it is marvelous in our eyes. I tell you, for this reason, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce the fruits of it. Verse 44. This is for the body of Christ. This is for the churches, the children of God in America today. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken into pieces. But he on whom it falls will be crushed to powder. It will winnow him and scatter him like dust. What Christ did 
what he was saying in this parable. If you fall upon me, you'll be broken. But if but if this stone falls upon you, you will be crushed. You'll be crushed to powder. I'm afraid that in the previous year I have been discussing this matter of apostasy. And because it's in the Bible, what happened with Israel, Israel was given a kingdom. And they didn't oversee that kingdom in a proper way. So God put the vineyard into the hands of His church. His churches, His family, His people, born-again people. But at the end, before the coming of the day of the Lord, a great and mighty, horrible, terrible day. This is the way it's phrased in the Scripture. It's a terrible day. The kingdom, those that have been given charge over the vineyard from that time, the kingdom of heaven from that time to this time, also have not been faithful. In spite of their unfaithfulness, God will, Christ will establish His kingdom. He will, it will be evident that He has a kingdom, that He is the King of that kingdom. He is the one through the power of His Holy Spirit that, that the giftings, that through that the power of His Spirit, He will build His kingdom. It will not be by might. It won't be by power. It will be by His Spirit. Then He says, And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard His parables, when they heard these comparisons and stories used to illustrate and explain they perceived that he was talking about them. And although they were trying to arrest him, they feared the throngs because they regarded him as a prophet. Now, in the King James it says, they took counsel to have him arrested. Already Christ was speaking to the crowds and to the disciples that the religious world was already working with the government. The religious world was already working with the government. And Christ in the King James says, they were looking for a way to have him arrested. As it was then, it will be again today. We are going to the government is going to be used by the religious world. And I mean two, two segments of the religious world. The nominal Christians that are not Christians. They appear to be Christians. They are not Christians. They are not believers. 
They are wolves in sheep's clothing in the body of Christ. In the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the, all of many of the Episcopalians, the uh, uh, Presbyterian churches, they will work with the government. They are already working with the government. Christ said it would happen. And these men in these established religions, and even within the body of Christ, even in the evangelical churches, there will be men who appear to be born-again teachers, pastors, prophets that are not. They are already, and they will work with the government to have the faithful arrested. I'm telling you the future. Christ in his parables, was speaking in a prophetic way to the crowd, to his time, but also he was speaking to our time. Not just to the last 2,000 years, but to our time at the end, before that great and terrible day of the Lord. You see, the thousand-year kingdom, the, wed the, the uh, millennial kingdom, a thousand years, which many, many in the established churches, they do not, they do not preach it from the pulpit because they don't understand, they don't believe that Christ will have His day. His day will be a thousand year period of time where He will rule over the nations. And they, within Catholicism, Catholicism does not present the thought to the Catholic people and the Lutherans and, and many of the established churches that there will come a time the church, God working with His seven churches is time sensitive. It will only be for two days or 2,000 years. We're at the end of that 2,000 year period. In the day of the Lord, there will be no churches. There will be no Catholic church. There'll be no Orthodox churches. There'll be no Evangelical Christianity. Nothing. There'll be no Pentecostals. There won't be fundamentalists. There'll be no Messianic churches. In the day of the Lord, Christ will rule His kingdom. He doesn't need churches. He will rule from Jerusalem. That is not taught because it's not understood and even more importantly, it's not accepted. We believers in the evangelical churches, we've been given a commission to evangelize, to go and to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and we are to preach the kingdom of heaven. There's a kingdom coming. We're at the end of a 2,000 year period of time. We as churches, true believing Christian churches, we are coming to the close of our period 
in which we have been given to labor. The time of our labor is coming to an end. The time of our evangelism is coming to an end. There is a time before the great and terrible day of the Lord. There is a time that is known as not, there is a time that is called nighttime. And in that nighttime, no man can work. Christ said, work while it is in the day. We are still in the day, at the end of the day, the final hours of the day. The sun is going down. Night is coming. Christ said, Work while it is yet day, because night time cometh when no man can work. That night time is the great tribulation. The last three and a half years of the tribulation. The great tribulation on that day when the abomination of desolation stands in the holy place and declares himself to be God. That begins nighttime. And in nighttime, we cannot work. I say, in nighttime, you hide. You try to disappear, if you can. Because it will be in nighttime is where Antichrist will have full authority to rule without interference. He won't be interfered with in his rule until the end of the tribulation. At the end of the great tribulation, he will be interfered with. But not until then. There's a mystery that I'm going to discuss in a little bit about Lawlessness. So, Christ was this stone. He was the cornerstone. He was the stone that if you fall upon Him, you will be broken. There's a spiritual principle, a great spiritual principle. The Christian people who have never thrown themselves onto all that Christ is have never been broken. They are still natural. They still operate in the flesh. They operate in the soul, in the soulish nature, a mind that has not been renewed, a will that has not been tempered by the Holy Spirit. And uh, in their mind, they are just not renewed to the things of God. They're still natural. Their thoughts are on the things of the world. And emotionally, they are, they have never been, for those who are emotionally weak, they have never been strengthened to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Those that are naturally strong-willed, strong emotionally, Without emotion, they have never allowed the Lord to tenderize their heart, especially toward other people. One of the, one of the things that Christ, upon becoming a believer, one of the things that He will begin to work on in an individual 
is their selfishness. Because if you're selfish, you cannot, you will not have a heart of tenderness for people because you're selfish. You will care only for yourself. And uh, God has to work with you so that you will have compassion on, the, on other people. We're going to go to the bottom of the hour break here in just a few seconds. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box, 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. And the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. For if you want to listen during the week, this is a three-hour program. And... Um, if you want to, at any time, if you miss a program or something that you've heard that you want to hear again, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes and uh, resume. So, so please. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Training Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank. Which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592. Okay, we're going to continue. I'm going to, I, I'm looking for the verses in Matthew chapter 4. And um, now, there, there is a, uh, this through this part of this week, well, actually for, oh, I think, I, I have to really think about a year, two years, five years, I think since Donald Trump became president. There, the people in this country have wanted and have desired to see justice. And there hasn't been the justice that they have desired. 
And there is a mystery. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, there's a mystery of iniquity. Now, when Paul presented this to the Thessalonians, he understood clearly what this mystery was. The mystery of iniquity. And I'm going to try to present it to you and explain it so that you will understand and you can see why there has not been any justice in this country and why there won't be any justice in the future. Justice will come uh, to certain people uh, when God intervenes, but the laws of the land will not give to another Sorry. The laws of the land will uh, not apply. Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit. Led, uh, led. He was led. He was not pushed. He was not like the purpose-driven life. He was not driven. He was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Here, the tempter is coming to the Son of God. And tempting him. Verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, firstly, he's called the tempter. Who, did, who tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden? The tempter. Now, the tempter, here in verse 4, Then the devil takes him up to the holy city and sets him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou, thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil takes him to a high and exceeding high, or takes him up to an exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and he said to him all these things will i give you if you fall down and worship me then jesus said unto him get thence satan so you have the temper, temple, tempter, the devil, and now Christ addresses him as Satan. And many say there is no Satan. But Christ himself was careful to use that word in this account. 
Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, You shall not you shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaves him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. And when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Through the years, I've heard teachings and many Bible teachers, Christians, say that God is in control and rules over the world, and the world is in the, in the hands of Christ. Well, according to these verses, no. The kingdoms of the world presently are under the control of Satan. Many Christians uh, don't want to believe that Satan, these kingdoms are his in his power in his under his control. The fact is they they are. And uh, but in in Revelation chapter eleven. The great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. There are going to be signs in the heaven. Smoke, vapors, the sun, the moon, earthquakes. The great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. But Christ does not yet rule over the kingdoms. The kingdoms are in, under, uh, have been given to Satan to rule over for 6,000 years. Yes, God does intervene into the affairs of man, but the kingdoms have been given to Satan. Now, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, the great and terrible day of the Lord and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. He does not yet rule the kingdoms of this world. They're still under the control of Satan and the fallen angels and the demons and the principalities and powers that rebelled against God in the great rebellion. And the seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. He shall reign forever and ever. He has not take, taken rulership yet. Christ has not taken possession yet. He's in the position. He, is, he has been uh, inaugurated as the heir of all things. And all things, he uses all things. He is sovereign over all things. But he has not yet taken possession of the kingdoms. In one of the parables, uh, the people stated that they did not want this that master to rule over them. I, I don't have it in front of me. 
but in my thinking, I remember from the time of Christ to now, the people did not want Christ to rule over them. This is still the, 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 uh, the case today. The nations do not want Christ to rule over them. In Psalm chapter 2, why do the heathen, the people of the world, the people that don't know God, the hedonists, why do the people rage? Why are they in revolt, in riot? And the people imagine a, a, a vain thing. And everything they imagine is vain. Whatever it may be. They want to be God. It's vain. The kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord and His Christ. And this is the condition of the world presently. Before that notable day, that terrible day, that day of smoke and vapor, that day where the sun is dimmed, the moon turns to blood, before that day, the nations will be in revolt, in riot against God and His Christ. This is one of the signs that the Bible says will take place in our time before the time clock, before the sand that, that falls through the hourglass for the churches, the seven churches, who will finally have their final day of rule and reign on this earth. This kingdom will end and the new another kingdom will come in. Christ will bring in His kingdom. That day is coming. We can't avoid it. And we have been commissioned to present to the world that day is coming. The day of the Lord is coming. It was not the day of the Lord a thousand years ago. It was to a degree, in part, the day of the Lord two thousand years ago. But in the context in which I'm presenting through some of these verses, the day of the Lord is less than a decade, I think, away. Right in that vicinity of a decade. I don't know how it can be much more than a decade. The signs are too great. The nations and the people of the world are in revolt against God. The kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, these kings that are ruling these countries, these nations, have been put in place, allowed by God, but put in place, positioned by Satan. Because these are Satan's children. These, the world is in under Satan's control. He can give his kingdom to whomsoever he wants. He tried to present it to Christ, and Christ said no. But Christ didn't deny that Satan had the kingdoms of the world. He didn't deny it. There's a mystery. I'm going to begin now 
before we get to the top of the hour, I'll go ahead and begin. And I'll do it my way. This is the way I I uh, I see a, a, a progression. And it begins with just simply the way that Moses had been presenting certain things to the children of Israel. And so in I'll begin here in Exodus chapter 20. God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God to the children of Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall not you shall have no other gods before me. Now, yes, he was speaking to the children of Israel at that time. But God now is speaking to the members in the in his family in the in these churches of God internationally. We are not to have other gods before us. The principle back then wasn't just for them. The principle remains through history, through time. In the nations, with Israel still to this day, and now in the churches. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, or serve them. Now, to begin my point on the mystery of iniquity, this is where I'm going to begin. You're perplexed, many are perplexed, the, the, the country is perplexed, uh, the people that vote and hope that their vote makes a difference are perplexed, Without hope, the people lose heart. Without hope, the people are dismayed. Well, here's why there is no hope. In a sense, there is hope. You will not bow yourself down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. I know people whose grandparents curse God, the grandfather. And the father, I could see the curse on the father in one uh, incident, or with one friend that I know. Then I can see the third generation, I can see the third generation, they're beginning to, to break the curse. The curse upon them isn't as strong as it was on their father. And then by the fourth generation, the curse is being lifted. By the fifth generation, the family is once again, uh, the curse is no longer no longer apply. It doesn't apply any longer. Visiting 
the iniquity of the fathers upon thy children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my words, my commandments, my teachings. Now, Exodus chapter 34. I'm going to lead up to why there doesn't appear, why do the wicked, why is it that they escape judgment? I'm going to lead up to it. Again, if you miss this, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section to the Olive Tree Ministry site. Exodus 34. And the Lord said to Moses, Cut out two stone tablets like you did initially, and I will write upon these tablets the words that were in the first tables, the tablets, which you broke. And be ready in the morning and come up in the mountain, come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me in the top of the mount. And no man shall come up with you, no one, nor let a man be seen throughout all of the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before the mount. See, God was going to and had been presenting to Moses his glory. God will always protect his glory. I have heard people say foolishly, Lord, we want to see your glory. We want to see your glory. God is going to protect his glory. What they want, these people want to do, is they want to be glorified. That's what they want to do. They don't want to see God's glory. They want God's glory to be, they want to be drenched with the glory of God so that they can be honored and glorified. No, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. God is not, he is jealous of his glory. He is not going to share his glory with just anybody. In fact, right now, his great splendor uh, and all that he is in, in his magnificence is just, we're, we're barely seeing who God in his glory is. We can get glimpses through the scripture. But right now, the glory of God has been hidden from fallen mankind. But soon to be revealed. On that day of the Lord, His glory will shine throughout the earth. But not until then. Not in full glory. And He took two stones... And cut them out, cut them just like the first. And Moses rose up in the morning, early in the morning, and went to the Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. Took his hand in his hand the two tables of stone. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed, and he and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him, and proclaimed, "The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth." keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means 
clear the guilty. By no means. For the Christian people, there is a principle. Yes, we are His people. Yes, we are born again. Yes, we have received His mercy, His goodness, His kindness. He's forgiven our iniquity. But there's a principle. And the principle is that He will not clear the guilty. If there's guilt, He will not clear it. That will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Now you think this is the unbeliever. No. This is also talking to the children in the family of God. Idol worship. Now we'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall not have other gods before me. You shall not make of thee any graven image or the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. You will not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. It's not a light thing to hate God. It is not a light thing to have hatred to God. It brings a curse upon that individual, upon the generation following, to the second, third, and fourth generation. Verse 10, Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now, there was a verse that I was looking for. So, okay. So there are curses upon those that hate God to the third and fourth generation. But after the third and fourth generation, that punishment begins to lift. And I know a family, a couple of families, that's the case. And as the generations come into being, like uh, I have a, someone, and he was under great spiritual, uh, a spiritual curse in his marriage, personally, and the Lord had me pray for him that that curse be bound and broken, and that uh, he be set free. And he was probably the third generation, I, I think. My wife and I, we prayed for him. Immediately, immediately within, he couldn't, he couldn't find work. He was being evicted. He had no place to live. His wife had left him. She was unfaithful to him. He had children. And immediately within 24 hours, he was able to get, he got a phone call. And had more work than he could imagine. And his wife said for that next year, 
She had never had such a wonderful time. We'll be back in a few minutes to continue. Hey, folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this. There is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Eldorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You will be glad you did. Reasons to own gold. Reason number one. Culturally, the golden rule is treating others as you want to be treated. But financially, the golden rule is those that have the gold make the rules. When you retire... Make sure you can write your rules. Call the Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592 or visit our website at allamericangold.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tehebo is spelled T like Tom, A-H-E-E-B like boy, O, then continue with the word T and then the word club. The complete website is TehiboTeaClub.com or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610-8088, TehiboTeaClub.com. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. It is not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, it is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat, The Law. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com Hey friends, Freddie Freeman here. A wise man by the name of Ben Franklin once said, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So go to 1360KHNC.com and click the Patriot Supply button and make sure you're prepared. 
with plenty of survival products from emergency survival food, water filtration systems, survival coffee, and more, My Patriot Supply has got the perfect gifts for you. Just click that Patriot Supply button only on 1360khnc.com. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs. 970-800-3693. The Tree Farms Gardener Sale, going on now. It's a perfect time to plant trees, shrubs, and perennials. Now get 25 to 30% off all sizes of shade trees, flowering trees, and fruit trees, including aspen, apple, cherry, maple, oak, and more. Three-year-old, six-foot-tall spring snow fruitless crab apple, now $139.99 each. The Gardener Sale at the Tree Farm, going on now. You Let's take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the Tree Farm. Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. Hey folks, as a CBD user, I can attest to its effectiveness. And now my kind CBD products are available at the station. You'll see tinctures, salves, lotions, creams, coffee, cocoa, tea, and much more. You'll even find CBD retinol cream. KHNC also carries my kind pet products, including shampoo and tincture, allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of CBD that you do. The best prices, the best quality, and all THC free. My kind CBD, CBD as nature intended. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that, too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont, or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. As the economy collapses, are you prepared to provide even basic essentials for your family? I teach urban survival training course that arms you with hundreds of skills and hacks to keep you and yours going when everyone else gives up. Food and water are only the beginning. Call the Rev at 303-809-3343. That's 303-809-3343. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program 
1360 AM KHNC. Hey, all you Sharp community members, this is Tommy at Revo Knives. I wanted to come to you specifically right now for this week only, this Friday, June 2nd, and June 3rd, Saturday. I'm going to be at the Shields in Johnstown, laser engraving knives right on the spot with your names, initials, maybe a saying, something like that. We're looking to move some Shields inventory from our Revo Knives. Hope to see you there. This again, Friday and Saturday, 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Are you tired of not seeing politics fix the biggest problems in our country? Tactical Civics has the full-spectrum solution to restore this republic and uphold the Founder's design. Are you interested in hearing how easy it is to reinstate the people's power through constitutional law enforcement? Come see us for an introduction to Tactical Civics this Saturday at 11 o'clock at the Carbon Valley Library Meeting Room, located at 7 Park Avenue in Firestone, Colorado. Find out more at tacticalcivics.com. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network. Greetings. Welcome back to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Uh, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. In the first hour... And through the next two hours, I'm going to continue. My objective is to hopefully give you and help you to understand the mystery of iniquity in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. There is a mystery of lawlessness, a mystery of iniquity in the world. It has always been in the world. And that mystery will be fully exposed when the coming son of perdition takes power, when he is allowed to rule uh, this country, when he takes authority. The mystery of iniquity. I read out of Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy that... For those that are involved in idol worship, God doesn't forget. He uh, he doesn't forget that iniquity. He punishes those to the second, to the third and fourth generation. Those that hate Him, the children of those will be punished to the third and fourth generation. I. This is why the podcasts are important. What you missed. I don't have time to cover again. I have to continue. And, uh, but I'll just read Exodus 20, verse 4. 
You will not make unto yourself graven images or, in the, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You will not bow yourself down to them nor serve them. I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God. I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. There is a uh, there is going to be a punishment on those that hate God. We as Christians, through the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus, we can be delivered from the curses, generational curses, generational curses from generation to generation. There is a, a ministry, uh, Derek Prince. Uh, he was he he I think was the of all the deliverance ministries. He was the the individual that understood how to break curses on your on your on the lives of Christians and non Christians more than anybody that I've studied. Though many are good at it, many he was uh, international. Derek Prince. Now there is another verse. I gave four examples of verses that are similar. There is another verse I tried to find. I spent half hour, 45 minutes trying to find it last night. I know it exists because I've read it before and I can't find it. Uh, I know it's in the King James and I thought I had memorized it, but I didn't. But this verse states this. Now the mystery of iniquity where we are now, going back, 4,000 years, 3,000. I am against those who hate me to all generations. Moses said this, and I, I tried to find the verse. It's there. It exists. I couldn't find it. But basically it says that God is against those who hate Him. There are some not to the third and fourth generation, but to all generations. To all generations. So this is a mystery that that uh, isn't understood. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I've never. I haven't read about it. I haven't. I. I. I just know that by looking at the swing the progression of God in His righteousness. I see the progression going all the way back to Cain and Abel. The iniquity that began with Cain killing Abel. That was a seed, in a sense, of iniquity that pertains specifically to murder. Now you can go back to the Garden of Eden when the tempter tempted Eve. There was iniquity in that experience, in that example, in that account. Iniquity has always been with mankind. From the time that Eve ate of a fruit that she was not allowed to eat, forbidden, Iniquity began 
not in the mind, but in the body and the flesh. Whatever Eve ate, it ended up in her flesh. It changed her, what she she was before. Uh, DNA-wise, she was perfect. She would have lived forever, sinless. But after she ate, whatever it was that she ate, Satan, really, the nature, is now in her flesh. And from this point forward, then Adam ate of the fruit. And now we carry that nature of the serpent in us to the present day. Mankind's nature will be a problem even through the millennial kingdom. Man will still have the fallen nature in him. But after the millennial kingdom is over, as man goes into eternity, the last thing that God will deal with completely will be the nature within mankind at that time. The nature, how God will deal with it completely to free man, mankind from, what, from the transgression in the Garden of Eden will be taken care of. The mystery of iniquity, it grows like a, a weed like a field of weeds, like an earth full of weeds. I am against those that hate me to all generations. That right there sets a principle that is very hard to understand. There's a principle, and the principle is simply this. I'll begin by saying this, presenting this to you. God has allowed and given Satan permission over individuals in the world that have been cursed to all generations. The father is cursed before him, his, his father going back and then going forward. The son, the grandson, the great-great-grandson going into the future. This is a, a, a mystery. This is a something that we don't... It's not a... Uh, we, we can't hold this in our thinking. It's, it's too... The, the uh, magnitude of what I'm presenting to you is too frightening. But the fact is this, Satan has been allowed to rule a portion of mankind that will never come to God or to Christ through all generations because God said, I am, I am against them to all generations, all generations. I know you're thinking, okay, well, where is that in the Bible? It happens with Israel. It happens with the, uh, with the Hebrew people, with the Gentile people. And we in the body of Christ, that may have been the case. The curses may have been upon us, but when we met Christ, 
to his sovereignty and his ordained predestined plan those curses can, can, were broken could have been broken we could still be affected by them we need prayer to be completely free of them because generational curses are spiritual matters you can't you cannot eliminate sin in the flesh and with spiritual matters sometimes you can't eliminate them unless through prayer and uh Deliverance. I'm going to take you to Romans chapter 9. This is the best one of the places I can describe it. The mystery is here, but it's hidden, but I'll explain it. Verse 9, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 9. I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience, uh, I'm not lying. My conscience is being is being born witness by the Holy Spirit. I have bitter grief and incessant anguish in my heart. I wish I myself were accursed and cut off and banished from Christ for the sake of my brethren, and instead of them, my natural kinsmen and my fellow countrymen. They are Israelites and to them belongs God's adoption as a nation and the glorious presence, the Shekinah glory with them. With them were the special covenants made. To them was the law given. To them the temple worship was revealed and God's own promises announced. To them to them belong the patriarchs and as far as his natural descendant was concerned, from them is the Christ who is exalted and supreme over all. God bless forever. Amen. So let it be. However, it is not as though God's word had failed, coming to nothing. For it is not everybody who is the descendant of Jacob who belongs to the true Israel. Now remember, Abraham had Ishmael. So Paul is saying, it's not everybody who is the descendant of Jacob belongs to true Israel and even of Jacob they are not all the children of Abraham because they are not by blood his descendants no the promise was to your descendants will be called and counted through the line of Isaac through Abraham though Abraham had an older son that is to say it is not the children of the body of Abraham who are made of God's children, who are made God's children. But it is the offspring to whom the promise applies that shall be counted as Abraham's true descendants. What is the promise? About this time next year will I return and Sarah shall have a son. And not only that, but this too, Rebecca conceived two, two sons under exactly the same circumstances by our forefather Isaac. So in other words, there was a mystery also with Rebecca having twins. It was said to her, the elder son should serve the younger son. Now, there is a law that the firstborn 
that opens the womb has the blessing. But in this case, it says the elder should serve the younger son. It doesn't appear to be consistent with the scripture. I'll continue. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. I held held in relative disregard in comparison with my feelings for Jacob. What will we conclude? Is there injustice, iniquity upon God's part? Absolutely not. For he said to Moses, now this is where we began to see that there are individuals in well let, let me let me continue i'll give you the thought in a second he said to moses i will have mercy on whom i will have mercy i will have compassion on whom i will have compassion so then god's gift is not a question of human will and human effort but of god's mercy this is where we have to accept the fact that not all people will be saved eternally. Within the body of Christ, we have to accept the fact that not all of those in the family of God will be faithful. And we have to accept the fact that in the nations, not all people will meet God at some point in the future. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, God's gift is not a question of human will and human effort, but of God's mercy. It depends not on one's own willingness nor on the strenuous exertion as in running a race, but on God's having mercy on him. For the scripture said to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose of displaying my power in your destruction so that my name may be proclaimed over the whole world. Pharaoh was raised up. He was born so that God could display his power. Now, outside of the, even within the the family uh, family of God, this is a very hard saying. This means that God is, uh, unfair, unrighteous, unkind, unmerciful. He's not all loving. Well, you have to remember something. There is another power. There is another entity and another kingdom at play. And when you see the other kingdom, remember, Satan and part of the angels, a host, were created perfect but they rebelled. 
God gave them free will. They rebelled. Just as with them, God has given mankind free will. And God has given authority to Satan to deceive. There is power in that deception. But God has given man free will. Many who are serve, that serve Satan, they know they're serving Satan. They willingly serve him. They know that at any time they can repent and receive Christ and be saved and change from one kingdom to another. Become, uh, leave one kingdom of darkness and become members of the kingdom of light. But they choose not to. This is, a, this is a mystery. But there's a spirit of iniquity. So when you see that there's another kingdom, even within Israel, as the Hebrew, as the children of Abraham, of Abraham Isaac, and Jacob, specifically Jacob through Isaac, not all are going to be saved. There are those within that family that are going to go into eternal perdition within the Gentile nations. There will be those who do find God has mercy on them and they will go into eternity. But there will be those that will go into eternal fire. In the body of Christ, if you are truly born again, you will always be God's a member in God's family. Always. You will always be His child. That cannot be taken from you. But you can suffer in time. There can be hardships, punishments, negative sanctions on you in time. And then in the coming day of the Lord, that thousand year time where Christ rules the nations, it's a wedding feast. It is a gala event. It is a reward ceremony. You will not participate. You will be in a location that is called outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You will be Christ's, but you will not you will not enjoy the festivities in the day of the Lord. It's a thousand year wedding feast. The bride and the groom are in their wedding chamber. You will not be part of that. I'll take you back to uh, the parable in Matthew, I think 25 or the end of 24, about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. They're all believers, born again believers in Christ. He's the bridegroom. And they are to buy oil for their lamps. And the five wise do, and the five foolish don't. And the five foolish are not allowed to go into the wedding, into the chamber. They're born again, but they don't get to enjoy the festivities in the day of the Lord.
Is God unfair? No. Is He unfair to the Jewish people who will never turn to Him? No. They all were given an opportunity. The Pharisees and Sadducees that had Christ crucified, they knew. They knew the prophecies of the Messiah. But they had another kingdom that they were loyal to. And like I began in the first hour, Christ was taken, led into the desert to be tempted to the devil. Satan offered the kingdoms of the world to Christ. If Christ would bow down and worship Satan, and Christ knew what I'm going to inherit is much more magnificent than what I could inherit by bowing down to Satan. Christ knew. Christ is the heir of the whole universe. He's the heir of time. He's the heir of past, present, future. He's been the heir of all of eternity. Why would he fall down and worship the devil? Okay, Romans chapter 9, going on now with verse 17. Again, this may seem hard, but it's true. It's a righteous word. It's righteous. It's a just word. It was intended, Paul intended, that the Christian people at that time understand there are two kingdoms and God is sovereign in everything that he does. Jacob and Esau in the same womb. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Now Paul jumps to Moses saying that I will have mercy, mercy on whom I will have mercy. Then he jumps to verse 17. I'm going, I'm going to uh, probably come back to continue. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry on that site. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Uh, every Sunday, 9 to noon, right here on 1360 AM radio, KHNC. I'll be back in a few minutes. Hey, folks, Larry Elder here. The rumors are true. KHNC listeners are loving Y-Refi. They're investing in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or to the Fed. A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily, you're paid monthly, and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compounded, whatever you choose. And get this. There is no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Eldorados, you got to get in touch with Y-Refi. I've met with them personally, and take it from me, the great Eldersky, they are trustworthy, honest, and you can earn a fixed rate of return up to 10.25%. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com, or call 888-Y-REFI-24. Click on investyrefi.com or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You will be glad you did. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. 
when Jesus walked. Oh, when he walked. When Jesus walked. All right, that was a short break, and we're going to continue. If you can grasp a simple concept, there are two kingdoms the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of darkness, God has given Satan permission to build his kingdom, to build the kingdoms of the world, to build the nations of the world and their power structures, to build their political uh, how they how they oversee their nations politically. These nations are in Satan's control. And because of that, there's a war, but at the same time that there's a kingdom of darkness, there is another kingdom and the power of the kingdom of heaven is not the control and the rule over the nations not through civil law in that example but spiritually we are to rule in the spiritual world we are to present to the people that there is a reality of a kingdom of darkness ruled by the devil the principalities powers rulers in the air by the demons that control man that possess man Satan is building his kingdom Satan must have a population of loyal followers this may not be in your concept this is why Satan has a right to protect the people in his kingdom that are building his kingdom, that are building the kingdoms of this earth, the kingdoms of darkness. Satan has a right to protect them from justice, from punishment. And even God allows it, as odd as it may seem. But God allows it. Man has free will. And it is evident that Satan gets to rule in the affairs of man in a sense for 6,000 years. Iniquity began with Eve. She had free will. And the people in the kingdom of darkness, they have been given revelation that there is an eternal God who is righteous and just and at some point he will be he will judge them they are fully aware of it in spite of that they have made the decision not to serve or to yield to the wishes of God can I prove that Yes. 
Verse 17 of Romans chapter 9. The scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose, yes, he belonged to Satan, but God says, I raised you up that I might show my power in you, in your destruction, in your judgment, that my name might declare throughout, be declared throughout the earth. Verse 18, Moses says again, Therefore, he has mercy on whom he will have mercy, on whom he will, he hardens. So God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Though he serves Satan, though he's a part of another kingdom, still, there are certain rights that God has, but there are rights that Satan has also. God has given the devil the right to use mankind to build that kingdom. He has the right to, Satan has the right to use these generations from generation to generation to generation. God said, I hate these people to all generations. But he didn't say I was going to destroy them back then. No. Through all generations. In other words, there's going to be succession of these evil people in the world. And these evil people in the world are servants of Lucifer, of Satan. They have a right. And as I go on, I'll make it even more clear. They have a right to be presidents. Satan has a right to appoint them. Has a right to put them, uh, to give them insight into becoming great mathematicians, engineers. Satan has a right to train his children to further his kingdoms, to further his power structure, to do evil. They have right to murder. They have right a right to steal. They won't repent of their thefts or their murders. They won't repent of it. But it has to be successive generations. God has allowed it. Why? Because God has to allow the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness to grow side by side. They have to exist side by side. Okay, then here in... Uh, now he, goes, he, he talks about initially, he talks about Esau have I hated, Jacob have I loved. There's no unrighteousness with God. Then he says, I raise Pharaoh up and I allow him to become great that I might destroy him. I might judge him so that I can display my power so that my name will be declared throughout all the earth. This is what God is doing presently. He, His name is being declared throughout the world. 
and the prophecies in the book of Revelation are coming to pass. And God and the nations, the people of the nations, are fully aware of the book of Revelation. Those that can read, that are somewhat literate, and even those that just hear. There has to be a war of Armageddon. There has to be a Babylon the Great. There has to be a king of Babylon known as Antichrist. The Jewish people, they know that there's a desecration, a abomination of desecration that is coming. They're waiting for that. That individual is going to come and declare himself to be God in the temple. Israel's waiting for that. Verse 19. Verse 18 again. Therefore he has mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he wills he hardens. You will say then to me, Why does he yet find fault? Who has resisted his will? Verse 19 in, the, uh, in another translation. You will say to me, Why then does he still find fault and blame us for sinning? Who can resist or withstand his will? Verse 20. But know, O man, who are you to reply against God? Who are you to say, you're the thing that is formed? How can you say to him that formed you, why did you make me thus? Why did you make me this way? Because he's God. There are, and he'll explain it here. I'll go on. Has not the power, has not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath, to make his power known, this is, now, this is very strange. Many Christians have never quite figured this one out. What if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known, endures with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath created to be destroyed? Remember, Satan is given a part of mankind, of humanity, to rule over, to build his kingdom. He puts them in power. Adolf Hitler. Mao, these individuals, they, in a sense you could say, God has ordained these individuals into Satan's hand so that they can build Satan's kingdom. Satan has a right to build his kingdom. Every every aspect, military, uh, whether it's economy, commerce, technology, whatever it may be, Satan has a right to do whatever under certain conditions to build the kingdom of darkness, to make the kingdom of darkness what it is supposed to be. 
and then at its full glory, Christ will come in and judge the nations, punish the rulers of the world, and he will take the nations and the kingdoms and he will become the Lord of those kingdoms and the people that remain that aren't killed during the time that's coming. Verse 21. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 21. Has not the power over the clay of the same lump, lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction? I will allow these individuals, their vessels, they're going to be destroyed. I'm raising them up to punish, to destroy them. And I'm going to allow them. And you're going to be frustrated. We will be frustrated. You won't see justice. You'll lose, begin to lose hope because there's no justice. The wicked prosper. The murderers get away with their murders. The thieves continue to steal. There's no justice. But he, with long suffering, God allows it. He allows it. They must come to full maturity. The verses in Revelation talk about an angel that goes forth to take his sickle and gather the grapes to the winepress and gather the wheat, gather the wheat to his barn. Everything in God's, in his ways, has to mature. Evil has to mature, but also the righteous must mature too. We're in the process, process of being matured. And at the end of our maturity, there will be righteousness and holiness. There will be a display of God's glory. On the other side, in the other kingdom, there will be a display of the kingdom of darkness with all of its horror, with its evil. But we will be glorified and before we go to be with the Lord. As we mature, we become more righteous. We God will allow us to be clothed as he, as he desires with His glory so that we can present all that He is and His mercy. We are just vessels of mercy. It's all we are. Why us? Why are those in the kingdom of darkness perishing and we have eternal life Though we're suffering, still God cares for us. And on the other, in the other kingdom, yeah, Satan protects his own children too. He prospers them. And he uses them to persecute us. And he has a right to do that. The reason being is because when we are disobedient, there has to be sanctions and negative sanctions on us. We have to be 
uh, corrected. And in that corrected, being in that time of correction, chastisement. We have, we have a father who cares for us. And there has to be, the sanctions are negative sometimes. They're not pleasant, but needed. And the body of Christ in America, because we are have strayed and deviated from God's ways, His teachings, Christ's teachings, chastisement is coming. And, and the children of the kingdom of darkness are going to be allowed to persecute us. It's all through the scripture. Okay, then God is enduring with much long suffering these vessels of wrath. It seems odd that He is allowing it, but it says that He allows it. What if God, although fully intending to show the awfulness of His wrath and to make known His power and authority, what if He has tolerated with much patience the vessels, these objects of His anger, which are ripe for destruction. What if he decides to be patient with them? Now listen, in the kingdom of darkness, there are those, yes, they've been cursed from generation to generation to generation, but there are those that will have a revelation that God will reach, that will turn and repent. Who they are, that uh, God is sovereign. We have to let Him decide. Then verse 23, But then, on our side, what if He purposes to make known and show the wealth of His glory, the wealth of His glory, dealing with the vessels and the objects of His mercy, which He has prepared beforehand for glory. So yes, He's going to be patient with them, but with us, He's going to, be made, he's going to make known and show the wealth of His glory as He works with us because we're the vessels, we're the objects of His mercy which He has prepared beforehand. Even including ourselves whom He called not only from among the Jews but also from the, among the Gentiles. I began with the parable in Matthew about the uh, uh, the vineyard and the owner of the vineyard let the vineyard out to others to take care of and they didn't take care of it and so eventually the owner of the vineyard turns the vineyard over to others we are the others we have been taking care of the vineyard for 2,000 years and those that are now tending to the vineyard were at one time not God's people. 
But now we are God's people. So the vineyard went from the hands of Israel into the hands of the body of Christ. And the vineyard is in our hands presently. Like it says here, Romans chapter 9, verse 25. Just as he says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not my beloved, or not beloved, I will call my beloved. We are, according to Paul, now the beloved. But not all have been faithful. And it will be in that very place where it will be said to them, You are not my people. They shall be called the sons of the living. You are not my people. They shall be called the sons of the living God. So according to Paul, we are now not only beloved, but we're the sons of the living God. God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. Verse 27. Isaiah called out, and he cried aloud over Israel, Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sand of the sea, only a remnant will be saved from perdition, from condemnation, from judgment. God is righteous. He is no respecter of persons. In the nations, the nations will be punished and judged. There will be those who will go into eternal fire. Within the family of Israel, there will be those who will be with their God in eternity. There will be those who will go to eternal fire. In the body of Christ, we can never go to eternal fire. Once you're born again, you are Christ's eternally. Eternally. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have been born again. You regenerated in your human spirit. You are forever with God. For eternity. But, Paul and Peter, they talk about the consequences of not being faithful Christians during our lifetimes. The consequences to the Christians who are not faithful, who fall into the trap of apostasy and are misled, are deceived, that uh, never mature. They don't go into the wedding feast. In the day of the Lord, when the rejoicing is taking place for a thousand years with Christ in the chambers, in Christ's chamber with His bride, the unfaithful, they're eternally saved, but for the thousand years, again, like I stated in the first hour, they will be in a place that is called outer darkness. Look it up. Outer darkness. It's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. They never matured. They didn't wash their robes. They didn't buy oil for their lamps. They didn't use the abilities that God gave them. A one-talented person buries his talent. They do nothing during their lifetime for Christ. 
And so there's weeping and gnashing of teeth for the thousand years. But when the thousand years is completed and the millennial kingdom is over, they will come out of that, uh, whatever it is, I don't know if it's a room of outer darkness. The Catholics call it purgatory. No, no such thing as purgatory. In the principle, there's a, a period of time known as punishment, but you're born again. You don't have to pray for the dead. They're already saved, those that are born again. Those that, those that are dead, that died without Christ, you can't pray for them. There's no prayer for the dead, period. No such thing. It is a pagan, pagan practice. The pagans pray for the dead. They're emotionally distraught. They pray for the dead to give them. It's consoling. It will help them emotionally, but no. Okay, the end of hour two. Hour three is coming. Podcast 1360 KHNC.com. This is Rick Rodriguez. We'll be back for hour two in a few minutes. Okay, be back. You're still looking good. I'm still feeling good. You know, I've got all your MyPillow products. Mattress topper, bed sheets, MyPillows, towels, slippers, blankets, sleepwear. Dogs. Whoa, whoa, Charles. Everyone now can get MyPillow products at huge discounts at MyPillow.com. That's right. Now's the time to go to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code KHNC to take advantage of our three-in-one sale. We're bringing you exciting new products, overstock specials, and closeout deals you won't find anywhere else. For example, when you buy one of our brand new MyPillow 2.0s, you get another one absolutely free. And with our overstock sale, you save 50% on our luxurious Giza Dream bed sheets. That's as low as $29.99 for the best sheets ever. And with our biggest closeout special, you get our all-season slippers for only $35. Or our sandals and slides for just $25. Quantities are limited, and once they're gone, they're gone. Use your promo code KHNC. Most people think they can't afford to invest in gold and silver. But at the Patriot Trading Group, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity to own hard assets. That's why we created our Preferred Metals program. You can get started for as little as $100 a month. Go to allamericangold.com and click on our Preferred Metals icon to learn how you can get started today. Or call us You're at 800 951 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. At Built Design America, a division of CarpetWise, turn your current home into your dream home. They work directly with Kiba Studios, where you can work with professional designers to create a 3D model of your new kitchen before bringing it to life. They also remodel bathrooms and other areas of your home. So to bring your remodel from how to wow, contact Build Design America at 303-772-1202 or stop by their showroom at 665 Frontage Road in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, this is Vince Rivera with Serenity Painting. What's up, guys? Vincent is a veteran, a friend of mine, a Christian, and a great guy who implements customer service and integrity into every job that he does. If you're looking for a painter that doesn't cut corners, that actually shows up when he says he's going to show up, who does what he says he's going to do, look no further than Serenity Painting and Decorating. Godspainter28 at gmail.com. 970-978-9565. Check out our customer reviews, Serenity Painting. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. 
the MyPillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, MyPillow 2.0. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code. KHNC. And for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. Hi, this is Riley with Saddle Up in Gilcrest, Colorado. We are a Western saddle and tack shop, and we carry all the tried and true cowboy and equine brands in the industry. We carry brands such as McCall, Martin, and Billy Cook. We also carry a variety of horse tack items like saddle pads, head stalls, and much more. Visit our website to check out our whole catalog or visit us in store, 303-772-7821. Again, 303-772-7821. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Edward Bernays, Propaganda, 1928. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. White Dove Healing Arts. After 33 years of service to the community of natural homeopathic liquid herbal formulas, invites you to call us for a spring health enhancement experience. Call 303-828-4439. First is a quantum biofeedback analysis via telemed. Next is a precise remedy personal recommendation protocol to prepare you for a happy, healthy spring and summer 2023. Call 303-828-4439 and speak to Patricia or Diane at our office in Lafayette, Colorado. White Dove Healing Arts. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. You may not think about your exterior paint on your home that often, but the truth is it's the first line of defense to protecting your siding, trim, and everything else beneath that from the deteriorating effects of the weather. Sun, snow, moisture, wind, it all takes a toll. It's the biggest investment of your life protected. Paint is the first line of defense. Call me, Bucky, at Colorado Masterworks at 970-825-9305 for a free inspection, and if it's necessary, a free estimate. I'd be happy to help you out. 
This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, the New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. Hey, this is Mike Ramsey, Ramsey Auto Group with Steve Pardue. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley is our new address. Phone number is 970-443-5654. We specialize in used trucks and sport utility vehicles, but mainly trucks. We have extended our hours on Saturdays to 10 to 3 and Monday through Friday, 930 to 530. Serving the Greeley community and the surrounding areas, but we are really proud to call Greeley our home. 970-443-5654-6175 West 10th Street in Greeley. KHNC is proud to carry my kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. And welcome to the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. I have been discussing the Day of the Lord, the thousand-year wedding feast of Christ, the Millennial Kingdom, is the Day of the Lord. And before the Day of the Lord... uh, It is a gloomy day. It is a day that will be filled with with vapor of smoke. And the sun, the moon, the earthquakes, that day is coming. The day of the Lord. And in, I began with verses out of Ezekiel, out of... uh, Exodus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those that hate God, God is against them to the third and fourth generations of those that hate me. But there is also, and I've been trying to find the verse, but God also said, I'm going to paraphrase, I am against those who hate me, some, to all generations. All generations. Generation to generation to generation to generation. And they are allowed to exist. They are allowed to live. They are allowed to be powerful people. They're allowed to be wealthy. They It appears as if they're never punished. They escape judgment, punishment of any kind. They can do evil, no matter what kind of evil. And there's no justice. It's a mystery. It's talked about in Ecclesiastes and in the Proverbs. Because these people actually 
are the individuals that hate God from generation to generation that will build Satan's kingdom. They have to be there. They have to be allowed to live. They're very powerful people. In this country, we know many through the last 10, 15, 20 years escaped judgment. Uh, you know their names. Why is it that they're not punished? Why don't the laws of the land, why doesn't the Constitution, why don't the judicial system, why doesn't, why don't the FBI, why don't, why aren't they punished? The mystery is that because these are the children that worship Satan and they have been given permission to build Satan's kingdom and they are protected by the devil. They are protected by the devil against the righteous judgments of God. But God, whenever He decides, He can use His environment, He can use whatever He wants to bring an end to them. Satan will use them, but eventually God will decide when their time is done. Satan, in a sense, doesn't have any control over that. God is sovereign. But God does allow them from generation to generation the wicked. Why is there no punishment and justice for the wicked? Satan is allowed to deceive a segment of mankind of the family of man. Not just the unbeliever, not just the heathen, not just the Gentiles, people in all the nations, but also within the family of Israel in the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Satan has a right to even deceive them. And even in the body of Christ, in the seven churches, the true born-again people, Satan has a right to deceive us. If we don't want to know the truth, Satan has a right to deceive us. And even the Lord said in... Uh, the principle applies to Israel and to the church, the members in the body of Christ. In Isaiah 66, God is trying to speak, to teach us, to warn us, but and trying to correct us. But Isaiah said, they won't, they won't have anything to do with my correction. Because of that, then I will deceive, I will allow them to be deceived. And even more uh, frightening, God says, I will choose their deception. I will handpick how they're going to be deceived. Within the body of Christ, true born-again people, I'm talking about only the true born-again people in the body of Christ in the evangelical churches in America. God has allowed a group of people to be deceived by a lying, by lying spirits, doctrines of demons. It's called dominionism, and these individuals are in what we call the new social gospel churches, the new apostolic reform churches. God allows deception. They feel that we are going to take over the 
governments of the world and the nations of the world and present them to Christ when he returns, this is great deception. The scripture says the opposite. Christ will come to Armageddon, punish the nations, the grapes of wrath, in his wine vat. He will punish them. He will gather, send out his angels to gather the wicked. And like in Job, he will shake, he will grab the horizon on the east and the west and shake the earth and shake the evil out of the earth, the wicked out of the earth. It didn't sound like uh, we believers are going to do that. This is a doctrine of demons. But there are those people that believe that we're going to go into city government, county government, state, federal government, take over the world for Christ. No, we're not going to take over the world for Christ. Actually, God is going to use the children of the devil in the world, in the societies, to punish the Christian people that err in their doctrine and in their theology and in their practice. They're going to be punished. And God will use the children of the world to do that. The punishment takes place. God is no respecter of persons. The nations will be punished. Israel, apostate Israel will be punished. And the members in the body of Christ also will be punished. And even judgment is coming to the world. But there is a there is a trying to think of the right word a sequence firstly judgment begins at the house of God it doesn't begin with the nations it begins at the house of God judgment is going to begin within the body of Christ and in the body of Christ the faithful people will become more holy, more righteous, more godly, whereas the others would become more apostate. You think apostasy has reached its peak? No, it hasn't. Apostasy is in, in bloom, but the blossom hasn't fully opened up. You're going to see the apostasy happen very quick, quickly. We're in the process right now. Just before that great and terrible day of the Lord, apostasy will be, be like a field in bloom, ready for harvest. Within the churches, the great lie will be in full in bloom. This mystery of iniquity, Satan has a right to peoples of the world, individuals of the world. And they are building his kingdom. They will escape justice. 
there will be no punishment. Satan will protect them. Even from God's punishments, even from God's judgments, God allows it. The trees must grow to full maturity so we know what kind of fruit. Now, I'll begin in uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. Relative to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord, He's coming, and our gathering together to meet Him, we bid you, brethren, we are going to all meet the Lord on the day of resurrection, not on a day of rapture, on a day of resurrection. We're going to go to the judgment seat of Christ, all of us together, the dead and the living. Verse 2, not to allow your minds to be quickly unsettled or disturbed or kept excited or alarmed, whether it be by some pretend revelation of the Spirit or by the word of the letter allegedly to be from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has already arrived and is here. No. The day of the Lord, Paul is saying, is coming in the future. I don't know if Paul knew it was 2,000 years away, but the day of the Lord is at the end of the 2,000 year period of time. At the end of, we use the term church age, or the uh, the uh, dispensation, the end of 6,000 year period of time. No, the day of the Lord is now coming. It didn't come then, but it is coming now. Verse 3, Let no one deceive or beguile you in any way, for that day will not come except the apostasy come first, unless the predicted great falling away of those who have professed to be Christian has come. And the man of lawlessness, sin, is revealed who is the son of doom or the son of perdition. who opposes and exalts himself to be so proudly and insolently against and over all that is called God or that is worship, even to his actually taking his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself that he is God. Satan has a right to establish his kingdom. This is what we don't understand. There are two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. We're members of the kingdom of heaven. We are building an eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken. This kingdom can't be shaken. It can be infiltrated. In Matthew 16, the gates of hell shall not prevail against a builded church. So there is a war taking place, but the gates of hell, the kingdom of darkness is not going to prevail. Yes, there are going to be victories on their side, but eventually they won't prevail against the faithful body of believers, the ecclesia, the faithful body of believers. Against the unfaithful, great prevailing, great apostasy, Great falling away. 
But Satan must build his kingdom. And there is a man of lawlessness that is allowed to come to power. And he will oppose all that is God or that is worship. He will take his seat in the temple of God proclaiming that he himself is God. Verse 5. Do you not recollect Recollect that when I was with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining him from being revealed at this time. It is so that he may be manifest revealed in his own appointed time. So he wants to be revealed ahead of time. He knows he's going to inherit the kingdom of this world. He knows that he will eventually return to the presidency in the United States of America. He knows it. But he has to wait. And he doesn't want to wait. But he will have to wait. Verse 7. There's a mystery of lawlessness. That hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority. There's always been a rebellion against authority. It began with Eve she rebelled against God's command not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She rebelled. There was iniquity. All through time, iniquity. But at the end of time, there is something called constituted authority that had to become a law in a nation that Paul is referring to here I don't believe he knew it was America. But he knew there would be constituted authority, laws written to govern nations, to interfere with the plan of Satan in allowing his children to come to power un, uh, without any restrictions, without limits, without any hindrances and the constitution of the United States of America has been hindering them it still hinders to this very day on the, as I'm speaking to you but one of these days the constituted authority that has been restraining the children of the devil and the coming antichrist is going to be removed the mystery of lawlessness, that hidden principle of rebellion against constituted authority, is already at work in the world, but it is restrained only until he who restrains it is taken out of the way. Some have said that it's the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't think the Holy Spirit restrained anything during the time of the early persecution of the church. I don't think the Holy uh, Holy Spirit restrained all of the wars against the body of Christ through the last 2,000 years. Again, there's another kingdom. That kingdom has been given rights by God because that kingdom has a king over it that we call Satan or Lucifer. And it has to exist. It has to flourish. It has to grow. 
it is allowed to do the evil, the, all the evil. It it can it is allowed to drug traffic, human traffic, human sacrifice. You name it. It is allowed by God, as strange as it may seem, and odd. There must be, and Christ even said, Satan said, fall down, worship me. I will give you the kingdoms of the world. Christ said no. Christ didn't say, you don't rule anything. I rule, I created him, Satan. I created all things. I created the sun, the moon, the stars, the universe, matter, time. I created uh, vibration. I created all of it. But no, he didn't say that to Satan. He said, no, I won't fall down and worship you. And Satan left to build his kingdom. And from that time to the present, he has been finding individuals throughout the last 2,000 years, and especially at this time, to build his kingdom and to bring hardship, death, suffering on the nations of the world. The trees must mature. According to Revelation, the grapes aren't going to be, the sickle isn't going to be put to the grapes the grapes won't be gathered until they're fully mature. That's a principle. And the wheat is not going to be gathered to the barn till it's completely ready for harvest. The last 6,000 years has been a growing period of righteous and evil in the same field, side by side, with the objective or the object, the purpose to grow, mature before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And then Christ will send the angels to gather the grapes and the sickle together to, to harvest the wheat. Satan must build his kingdom. And we, righteous, are going to suffer. We're going to be persecuted. Not just by the children of the devil. We're going to be persecuted by true Christians, by the Christian people that don't know the Bible, that don't know the Scripture, that don't know the teachings of Christ. They're going to believe that they're doing God's service in persecuting us and turning us in. But they turn us in, they will be turned in. And even should they kill us in the way in which they kill us, they will be killed. Then you have within the body of Christ the wolves that are not Christian. The wolves that appear to be believers but are not. See, Satan is allowed to infiltrate the churches that are not 
aware that are not uh, what's the word that aren't uh, watching they're allowed to infiltrate and they do infiltrate they've infiltrated the Catholic Church Lutheran churches all mainstream religions are infiltrated by the devil the children of the devil you see it's a kingdom and the gates of hell are pushing at, against all the seven churches so this is the mystery of iniquity it began with Eve continued with Cain killing Abel it continued all through the through the, the five books the first five books of the Bible it continued to Israel became a nation it continued at the time of Christ the spirit the 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 devil and the fallen angels were allowed to use the government to in, uh, to uh, prosecute Christ and to have him nailed to the tree and in the time in which we live the mystery of iniquity is now almost fully mature the tree it's evident the fruit that's on the tree and I, I still emphasize there's, if you're looking and assuming and expecting that the people that have been causing in this country, that have been destroying this country, that have been responsible for the pandemic, for that plague, that are robbing this country blind, the American people and the people of the world, the people that have given the orders to go into other nations and assassinate kings, take over governments. If you're thinking that there's going to be justice, well, you're going to have to go back to Romans chapter 9 and read it. God is waiting and allowing, He's patiently allowing these people to mature. There will, the time of judgment will come, but not just yet. We'll be back in a few minutes to continue the rest of the program, Rick Rodriguez for podcasts. What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. 
I failed to emphasize this matter of Satan's, Satan's rights. You never, your pastors, there are no teachings on this. But you see, the devil has been given rights by Christ. He has been allowed. And even, I, I guess I could go so far as to say, He's been ordained, commanded, uh, must, can't object to building his kingdom. Then on Satan's side, he knows that he has to build this kingdom in a way and in a fashion to destroy prophecy, to destroy Israel or destroy all the Christian people on the earth? Because he knows that his time is short. Satan knows that very shortly he's going to be cast into a bottomless pit, chained. And he knows his time is short. So he, he is increasing the attacks. The greatest attack is yes, it's on Israel. Definitely. He'd like to destroy Israel from off the face of the earth. And he's going to attempt that very shortly. He would love to destroy all of mankind. His objective, another objective, is destroy the earth through his children. His children are the ones that he has given the insight on how to destroy the earth, how to create chemicals, pesticides, whatever it is to kill the bees, the bugs, the plants, healthy plants, to alter the genetics on all food, everything that we grow, the genetics with man himself. He has been given that right and he is attempting to destroy mankind, Israel, the world, the universe, well, the, not the universe, the earth, and the body of Christ. The biggest threat is the body of Christ because we are the only people in the world that have the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can engage in a spiritual battle and get victories. Satan knows that. Israel, you can't fight Satan with bullets and bombs. You can't. You can only fight the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer and other ways. Praise and true worship. Satan is now in an all-out frontal assault to destroy the evangelical churches 
with the greatest, subtlest weapon I've ever seen. The New Apostolic Reform Movement. It goes back, not just recently, within the last 10, 20 years. It goes back into the 1800s. It began with the social gospel. Basically, we're here to change laws on behalf of the people of the societies. We are here as Christians to help the needy, to give them shelter, to feed them, but not to preach a gospel to them. No, we want to help them with their physical needs, and by helping them with their physical needs, they will automatically turn to Christ. No, they don't know the nature of fallen man. What did Christ do? He's in the countryside. He's out there feeding the people. He feeds them once. Out there another time, he feeds them twice. And he knows the people will eventually, they'll come to him for food for the belly. They won't come to him for food for the soul or eternal life. The social gospel. This is a really cunning strategy of the devil. Give them money for housing. Give them money for food. Money to pay their light bills. Help them with raising their children. Food. But don't give them the gospel. Don't give them the gospel that will change, give them eternal life. And then by receiving eternal life, they begin to change by the power of the working of the Holy Spirit within them. Christ will not allow them to be lazy. He will force them to work, to labor, to keep their hands occupied, to stay out of being busy in other people's affairs and work, uh, lives. The New Apostolic Reform Movement, the social gospel, started in the 1800s, late 1800s. The destruction and the uh, deception the war against Christianity began in mass back then. Satan knew already ahead of time what Christianity in America was, was going to what was going to happen with Christianity in America. It was going to get it was going to grow. The body was going to expand. The evangelicals were going to be successful. And he had to begin strategies already. So then you you begin with these doctrines of name it and claim it. That God wants you to be wealthy. I see in the scripture, God cannot give wealth to every person. Because wealth with in the hands of, the, of people that don't know how to use wealth, how to handle this income, will be destroyed. And what happens with the destruction? They're out of service. They're useless to the kingdom of heaven. The strategy Satan uses is to cripple you psychologically, cripple you emotionally, to cripple you from being effective in the kingdom of heaven. Because Satan cannot allow you to learn the principles and God's ways 
because you'll be faithful. And when you become faithful, you'll become powerful through prayer and the study of the Word and knowledge of the Word. And what you are, you will pass that on. <laughs> I'll, I'll use the term shed. You know, the vaccinations that people were getting, they're shedding on people. God wants us to shed the reality of who He is and the power of who He is to the world and the power of His kingdom to come. The day of the Lord is very near. The day when He takes over His kingdom, the kingdoms of the world, and establishes His kingdom on this earth. That day is coming. We're at the end of a period of time before darkness. Work while it is yet day. For night time comes when you, no man can work. When Antichrist becomes, well, when Antichrist reveals himself as the abomination of desolation, Nighttime has begun. The great, great attack, martyrdom, persecution, destruction to the families of God in America will begin. And in basically the Western, Western world. Satan cannot allow Christians in his kingdom. Can't allow it. He won't allow it. Yeah, but Satan doesn't have that kind of power. Satan just doesn't have that kind of power. I'm going to read you something here out of God's Word. I stood. This is Revelation chapter 13. I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. You see, Satan has been given authority to build his kingdom. In any nation he wants. In all the nations. Verse 2. And the beast that I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear. His mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, great authority. And I saw one of the heads as it were wounded to death. And his wet, deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. This is... a uh, Assuming I'm understanding correctly, this is an assassination attempt that is successful. It's not an attempt. It's an assassination. But this wound is healed. It says that his eye will be darkened and his uh, one of his arms will be withered. This is a brain injury. It's a brain injury. And it says that after this attack he has an image because I have a feeling that this is going to disfigure him he takes pride in his appearance God will mock him and he won't be able to appear in the public anymore it will be an image it will be a hologram who knows how it will how he'll appear but he'll appear to be whole but it says that his eye will be dark meaning he may be blind in one eye, and one of his hands, I believe it's his left hand or right hand, will be withered. I looked at the verses. Verse 4, 
And they worshipped the dragon which gave power to the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Who worships him? Remember, Satan is given followers to worship that will worship Satan. Satan has a right to the different, to, to, to uh, mankind. He has access to all of mankind, whether it be mankind in general, Israel, and even in the body of Christ, those that, want to, that won't don't want to believe the truth, they'll be deceived. And when he is, when he comes back to life, they worship the dragon because they know it's Satan that has healed him. And they know that Satan gave power to the beast and they worship the beast saying like unto the beast who is able to make war with him. He is going to make war with the seven churches of God primarily. Yes, the nations also. But the greatest threat are the people who know God, that have the Holy Spirit, that are faithful to God. The rest, he'll take them out too. But his war will be against the Christian people and anyone in the nation who opposes him. Verse 5, There was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. Forty and two months? That's the first day and the beginning of nighttime. Nighttime has begun right here to give him to continue to three and one half years. He declares himself to be God, the head wound. Satan gives him power and he's given a mouth speaking great and great things and blasphemies because now he's speaking through the power of Satan. He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. Power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. The great destruction of the nations would begin right here in verse 7. All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life, the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. No Christian can receive the mark of the beast. You are already, your spirit is already sealed with the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the mark of the beast. All that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. So if your name is written in the book of life, you can't receive Santa. You cannot worship him. Verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that has a, he that leads to captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, had two horns like a lamb, and spake as a dragon. He exercises all the power of the first beast before him, 
caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. This is, uh, God has allowed, and in God's plan, it is ordained that this person rule a kingdom on behalf of Lucifer. So, Satan will give this Antichrist his throne, his power, and great authority. The beast what I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth as a mouth of a lion. This is uh, Revelation 13, verse 2c. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Christ was offered the kingdoms of the world by Satan in the desert. Christ said no. But now, this individual has said yes, along with thousands and millions of others in the last 2,000 years. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So this is a mystery I've been trying to present today. I hope, I hope I've been successful. I've tried to be as thorough as possible to present this to you. If you are expecting to see justice, if you're expecting to see certain people who should be tried for treason, uh, I'm just telling you, the two trees must mature together. In the field, the grapes must mature before they're harvested and thrown into the wine press. The wheat must mature on the stalk in the field and then it will be harvested. Evil, there are those to all generations who will serve Satan. Their children, their children, their children, their children, it goes on generation after generation. And I am against those that hate me to all generations. All generations. Not to the third and fourth generation only, but to all generations. And here at the end of the generations, you have this in individual, the beast. And his father before him, his true grandfather, great, 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 all the way back through time. Satan has been allowed in all nations, people who are to serve him, who are to build his kingdom. We have been called by Christ God had mercy on us. We were called into the kingdom of His dear Son to build His kingdom. Our objective, our duty, what we've been ordained to do and commissioned to do is to present to our families, to all that we can, the kingdom 
of heaven is at hand. It's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's a kingdom not made with hands. It's not built with power. It's built by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're doing in these final years before that great and terrible day of the Lord. We are presenting to the world that there are two kingdoms right now that are maturing side by side. The kingdom of God and His glory through His Son, Christ, and Satan and the children of the devil that have been given permission to rule the world. They've been given permission to sacrifice children. You look at the cultures, not just the Aztecs, the Mayans. You go to Asia. You go to England. Every nation, go to Canada. Even here in this country, there are old altars that were people were sacrificed on. Satan has a right. We are not to preach a social gospel. Yes, you can help people that have need of, uh, are hungry, that need help. Yes. But if you don't preach the gospel to them, if you don't tell them that there is eternal fire, if you don't present to them Christ as He is, as God, then you're missing the mark. Even all religions, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, every religion is going to end. The seven churches of God, they're time sensitive. They're all going to end. When Christ returns, He's going to set up His kingdom. No church, the Catholic Church, has been setting up kingdoms for since the uh, 500 A.D. roughly. No, there'll be no more kingdoms. There'll be no more establishing the power structure of the Catholic Church internationally any longer. Christ is going to... His churches, the true believers in the Catholic Church, are going to be raised to eternal life. There will be there will be no one left. The religions are going to end. The kingdom of heaven and the righteousness of the kingdom of heaven. Israel, the the knowledge of God will be presented to the world in, uh, in a pure way. Well, I don't even know how to explain it. When Christ takes over, there will be a, a, a new way to worship. And everybody will have to come to worship once a year. The nations will have to come up once a year to worship in Jerusalem 
the nations that don't come up, they get no rain for the following year. So there are still sanctions in the new in the, in the millennial in the new kingdom, in the kingdom of heaven, in Christ's kingdom. There will still be sanctions because of the nature of man. Nature of man is fallen. There will be no Satanism in the kingdom of heaven. No Satanism at all. No Satan worship. Satan will be chained, thrown into the lake of fire. All the people that worship Satan now, that do their evil, Christ will send out his angels, gather them together. They will all, like, like weeds, like branches, like thorns and thistles, they will all be thrown into fire. For this week, God bless you again. God bless your week. God bless your the work of your hands. May God prosper you, bless you in all things. I will see you next week. Podcast or 1360khnc.com God bless you. I'll see you next week. And we'll continue. Rick Rodriguez, Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. Hi, folks. I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farmland, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Hey, Chris Lewis here with My Favorite Gunsmith at MyFavoriteGunsmith.com, 970-776-0258. At My Favorite Gunsmith, all I do is repair firearms. I love freedom more than guns, but the only thing that separates a free man from a slave is firearm ownership. I would only add that it needs to work. You're listening to the War of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.